Well, this morning we're going to continue our series on essentials. How many of you know there's things that are essential? There are things that are essential to life, like breathing, like food and water. And there are things that are essential to the spiritual life that if you, uh, if you don't have these operating in your life, your, your spiritual life is going to drag. It's, gonna, it's not going to be strong. It's not going to be vibrant. And so we've been talking about, about some different things. In, the, in week one, we talked about, about the importance of worship, the need to worship. How many of you know we need to worship? Amen? And worship is like oxygen to the soul. And whenever you learn to worship, man, it, it softens your heart. It, it just infuses you with, with fresh strength. The Bible says in Matthew 4.10, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, somebody said, you know, if we don't worship the Lord, the problem is we'll worship something else. And how many of you know, anything that you worship that's not the Lord is not a good idea. Amen. Because it ends up being a trap and it ends up uh, just robbing us. Genuine worship. It's like breathing fresh air. In week two, we talked about the, the, the fact that we need to walk in the will of God. How many of you know God has a will for all of us? He's got a, he's got a plan for us. He's got a, 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 a destined, determined plan for your life. He didn't just put you on this earth without any idea of what he wanted you to do, what he wanted you to accomplish. He's got a plan. This is a plan that I have for you, says the Lord. Amen. And when you walk in the will of God, there is no better place to be. Amen. If you just stay, somebody said, you know, man, I I don't want to go to some third world country or go in some dangerous part of the world. Well, I tell you, the safest place to be is in the will of God. You're safer if you're in some third world country where there's, uh, you know, terrorists all around. You're safer there than being out of the will of God. Amen. Come on. We got to be in the will of God. How many of y'all believe that this morning? Say amen. And in the third week, Pastor Brandon unpacked the, the essential of meeting the Lord's requirements. And in Micah 6, 8, he says, he has showed you, O oh man, what is good, what the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. See, the Lord is not looking for religious rituals or, or spiritual platitudes from us. Come on, how many of you know he's, he's looking for us to act justly? He's looking for us to love mercy. And he's, he's requiring of us to walk humbly with our God. And he says, listen, this is what I require of you. And these three requirements listed in, in Micah 6, 8 are essential to living a strong and vibrant Christian life. Amen. Come on. How many of you know you can't walk in hatred and be strong in the Lord? Come on, you can't have a judgmental, critical spirit and walk strong in the Lord. You got to have mercy. Amen. Now, today we're going to talk about another essential that I believe is is really important. The importance of vision. You got to have vision. What is vision? it's, It's having a clear mental and spiritual picture. You know, we have physical vision and we know where we're going. We can see where we're going. But you know what? We need spiritual vision. We need to have mental vision. 
We have to have an understanding. We have to have a, a picture of where God wants us to go and what God wants us to do. It's having vision. It's having a clear picture of God's vision and plan for your life. And you know what? Listen, whenever you just, you know, you get, you're born and you're raised and, and you just go about life, you know, sometimes our vision is no further than I'm going to go to school, get an education and get a job. But how many of you know God's vision is greater than go to school, get an education and get a job? God's vision is greater than just get up, go to work, eat and sleep and then wake up and go do it again the next day. How many of you know God's got a great plan and he's got a great vision for your life? Amen. Jeremiah 29 says, I have a plan for you, says the Lord. And listen, God says he doesn't have a in parentheses. I got a plan for you unless you do something stupid, unless you fail, unless your marriage fails or something like that. God says, I got a plan for you, period. Amen. God got a plan for you, period. Amen. God has a plan for you. He's got a vision for your life. Amen. Now, we need to find out what that is. So today we're going to explore the importance of having clear vision, the importance of having personal vision, and the importance of having corporate vision. And we're going to begin this morning by talking about having a clear vision. Proverbs 29 and 18 says this, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I like the New American Standard. It says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. And then the New Living's translation says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Come on, how many of you know the Lord don't want us to run wild? He wants us to have vision. He wants us to have restraint. So why is it so important that we have vision? Because if we're without having clear vision, our life is going to run wild. We're going to run wild. We'll be unrestrained in the way that we live our life. Amen? If we don't have vision, one translation says we're going to stumble over ourselves. Are y'all with me yet? Are y'all tracking with me? The Bible says people perish without vision. In other words, they die. They die emotionally. They die spiritually. They die physically without vision. You die. You perish. And listen, you can't have an enthusiastic life without vision. We got to have vision. Helen Keller said about vision. Helen Keller was blind and she said, Worse than being blind would be able to see but not have vision. What was she saying? She's saying, you know what? Listen, you know, I, I'm having to live life without the ability to see. But I tell you what I would rather, I would rather, I would rather have, uh, I would rather have vision from God than have my physical eyesight. And so listen, as good as having physical eyesight is, having spiritual eyesight is even better. Amen. Because if you don't have personal vision, you'll live life confused, scattered, unfocused, and easily distracted. I heard this story about, I don't know much about greyhound dog racing. You ever heard about that? I don't know. How many of you ever been to a greyhound dog race? I've never been, but I heard this story about, you know, the way they get those greyhounds to run on the track is they put an electronic rabbit out in the front of them. The guy in the booth, he's got a remote control battery operated rabbit. 
And they put that rabbit on the track and the dogs are in the, in the gates. And whenever they open those gates, they get the rabbit started. And when the rabbit starts running the track, the hound, they just keep it ahead of the hounds. And the hounds are running and the, and the, the dog the cross the finish line first is the winner. But something happened one time. They had a greyhound race and something happened with the rabbit. Like technology, it blew up. It was just a pile of wires right there on the middle of the track. And so the greyhounds are tracing the rabbit. And all of a sudden, the rabbit blows up. And it's just a pile of wire. And so the dogs, some of them just laid down and just started just, you know, heaving and just, just plopped on the track and just said, well, I think I'm just going to sit here for a while. Some of the dogs, they didn't know what to do. They tried to get through the fence and broke some ribs trying to get through the fence. And then some of them just stayed on the track and started howling at the fans. Without vision, they didn't know what to do. They lost, they lost motivation for life. And some of us, we're like the greyhounds laying on the, flopping on the, on the track. Some of us are trying to run through the fence, breaking ribs. Amen. And some of us might be just howling at life. Lord, what in the world am I here for? How many of you know that's not God's will for us? Amen. Listen, some of us are like dogs. We're just bewildered because we lost our focus. We lost our vision. We lost the direction of our lives. And we got we to gotta find that. We got to discover that once again. Because without vision, people perish. Amen? Amen? Without vision, we die mentally. We die emotionally. And you know, the Bible says that David served the purpose of God and then he died. I believe it's our purpose. It's our, the vision that God has for our life that determines the length of our life. When we run out of purpose, when we run out of vision, we die. You know, whenever I was working in the oil field, I worked at this place called Duck Lake, and it was an Exxon oil field. And I, I just started, I was a, a wireline helper. And I'd go out there, and I was working with an elderly man. He was in his, you know, he was close to retirement age. And, and all these men in Exxon, they were old, they were older guys. And I found out that's where they would, Exxon would send their guys whenever they were getting ready for retirement. They would send them to Duck Lake. And so I was talking to my, uh, my coworker one day, and I said, when are you going to retire? He said, just as soon as I can. I said, well, why do you, so, you want to be so quick to retire? He said, man, I've watched a number of these guys. As soon as they retire, they die. And he said, man, I like to garden. I like to woodwork. And I like to do something a little while before I die. So as soon as I can retire, I'm going to retire because I want to get in my shop. And you know, he had purpose to live. I ran into that guy about 10, 12 years later in the elevator at the hospital. And I said, Mr. Bruce, so good to see you. You doing good? He said, oh, yeah. And I asked him, I said, are you still woodworking? Yes, I am. Are you still gardening? Yes, I am. You know what? He never lost purpose and vision for life. Are y'all following me out there? You can't lose vision for life. Life is more than just getting up, eating Cheerios and going clock in. Amen. Come on. Life is more than that. We got to have vision. Because why is vision so important? Because it releases passion, excitement, and motivation in life. But you know, personal vision increases focus allowing you to get further and accomplish more and live a more effective life. Vision gives your life focus. You know, somebody said if you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. 
I'm going to let that sink in for a little bit. If you aim at nothing, you're going to hit it every time. A life without vision is like light without focus. It doesn't have much power. But how many of you know if you focus light, it has tremendous power? Have you heard that illustration? You know, we have light in this room, and, and it's great. We can see where we're going. We're not running into each other. But, you know, you take a magnifying glass, and you, and you focus light, and you can start leaves on fire. You can take it a step further. You can focus light even further. And you can cut through a, a, a steel block. Focus light can cut steel. But diffuse light has no power. A diffused life has no power. A focused life, there's no telling what a focused life can accomplish. Amen? Philippians 3.13, Paul said, I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Jesus Christ is calling us. You know what Paul is saying? He's saying, listen, man, I'm living my life with focus and with vision. I know where I'm going. I know what I want to accomplish. He said, listen, I focus on this one thing. Come on, how many of you know you got to have Vision, you have to have focus in your life. Now listen, one of the most important questions you could ask is, Lord, what is your personal vision for my life? What is your personal vision? You know, a lot of people in church, they go to church all their lives and they just go through the motions. They go through the rituals. They clap their hands when songs going on. They bow their head and they close their eyes and pray when, when the pastor prays over the service. They might bless their meal, but they don't ever ask the question, Lord, what do you want from my life? What do you want to do with my life? How many of you believe that's a really good question to ask? It's a good question to ask. It's important that we have personal vision. It's important that each of us have personal vision, not just, not just general vision, but personal vision. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a clear vision for your life? Do you know what God wants of you? Everyone needs a clear personal vision for their life. You got to know what God wants you to do. Now, how do you get personal vision? How, how do you refine that? How do you figure out what God wants you to do? Well, I believe vision comes from spending time with the Lord, spending time in the presence of God. Spending, hearing from him, being in his word and just hearing him. How many of you know the God that we serve? He's not dead. He's not still in the grave. Listen, we celebrate Easter all the time, but I'm afraid as Christians, sometimes we leave him in the grave. We think he's dead. He is not dead. He is alive. He's alive as life can be. Amen. And he speaks like a living God, not a dead God. Amen. But Habakkuk 2, 2 says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it plainly on tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. Notice where vision comes from. The author says, The Lord answered me. Where does vision come from? From spending time in the word, spending time in the presence of God, hearing the voice of the Lord. That's where vision comes from. Amen. 
And so we have to, we have to ask, you know, a few good questions. You know, sometimes asking questions gets you where you need to be. And so some good questions to ask or receive personal vision. And listen, my heart is that everybody in this room would have, would be provoked to find out a little bit more. Lord, what's your plan for my life? It's essential. What's your plan for my life? Forget about the person on the side of me, my spouse or anybody else. What is the plan for my life? Amen. And so some good questions. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? That's a good question. But what do you want me to do? With my life right now, at this time, in this season. How many know sometimes God's vision changes? God's purpose changes in different seasons of life. How many of you know my purpose has changed a little bit since my grandbaby came along? How many of you believe that? Amen. Yes, indeed. But listen, you know, a good question to ask, what do you want me to do with what you've blessed me with? What do you want me to do? How many of you know life is a blessing? Now, some people don't see life as a blessing, but friends, life is a blessing. Amen. And so a good question to ask is, Lord, what do you want me to do with my time? I don't want to just waste it. I don't want to just squander it. I don't want to spend my time climbing this ladder. And by the end of my life, I find out that the ladder I was climbing on was leaning against the wrong building. Amen. What do you want me to do with the gifts and the talents that you've given me? What do you want me to do with my finances? What do you want me to do with my relationships? These are good questions. What do you want to do with this? What do you want me to do with this great salvation you gave me? How many of you know, saints, it's a privilege to be saved. It's a privilege to be a Christian. I mean, if you know the whole story, if you're not on the Lord's team, you lose and you lose big time. How many of you know it's a privilege to be saved? So what is vision? It's having a clear and mental picture of what God want, where God wants you to go and what God wants you to do. And listen, let me, let me suggest to you that God, you never run out of purpose or vision as long as you alive. It's not like I've, I did everything God wants for me to do, and yet I'm only like 40 years old. No, you will never. You will never run out of vision as long as you're alive. As long as you're alive, God has numbered your days, and he's always got purpose for you, regardless of how young you are or regardless of how old you are. Amen? God has a purpose. It's having a clear mental picture of God's divine plan for your life. You know, I remember, you know, the power of vision. I remember years ago, whenever I first started coming to church here, I wasn't in ministry and I was just, just coming to church and it was a midweek service. Brother Francis was preaching. We're at the old auditorium and uh, we had just hired uh, a youth pastor. And I remember sitting in the, in the, uh, in the service after, after we finished the music part, the worship part. And I remember at that time, we didn't have the youth pastor just come in and just getting the youth ministry started. And, and they basically met with us in worship. And then they would go into a side room to, 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 uh, to have a teaching and stuff. And I saw the youth pastor walking out with the youth. And the Lord spoke to me. He gave me, he gave me vision. And he said, I want you to go help the youth pastor. He needs some help. He needs some encouragement. That might be a word for you, Pastor Brady. Somebody in here might need to just come alongside of you and help you. Amen? 
But you know what? I, I just remember that and it's like, okay. I just really felt an impression from the Lord that I just had compassion and said, you know, this, this guy's trying to reach the youth and he's out there all by himself. I'm going to go help him. Well, I didn't know the Lord was setting me up. He was setting me up. I went help him. And, and after a couple of years of helping him, he, he, he took another job and I was it. And the Lord said, you're about the closest thing to a youth pastor we have. Do you want the job? And Brother Francis offered me that job. Well, that was vision. And it changed the trajectory of my life. Amen. It changed the direction of my life. I wonder if God gives us clearer vision how it could change our life. And how we could change the life of others. Are y'all with me out there? Listen, if there's anything that you need to know today, that God's got purpose for you on this earth. Amen. The creator, the one who created you, he's got vision for you. How powerful is personal vision? It helps you to reach God's destiny for your life. We got to have it. It's essential. Personal vision should be clear enough in our minds that we can write it down on paper. Listen what the, the Habakkuk 2.2 says. Write the vision. And engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it. You know, uh, one of the spiritual disciplines that folks, uh, that spiritual leaders will encourage you to do is to journal. You see, journal what God is showing you. Journal what God is, is, is speaking to you. And something happens when you take the time to sit down and say, God, what are you saying to my heart right now? Whenever you write it down, it becomes clear. It becomes clearer to you. Whenever you sit down and write, okay, what are some things I want to accomplish? What does God want me to do? And you sit down and write it down. How many of you know it's got to get clear in here before it becomes words on a paper? And the Lord is telling the prophet, write it down. Write it plainly, engrave it. It should be clear enough in my mind to write down on paper what God wants me to do with my relationships. It should be clear in my mind enough for me to write down what God wants me to invest my time, my talents, my gifts, and my finances on. I should be able to, dis I should be able to dictate that. Amen? Whenever you get clear vision and you can write it down, then you can walk in it. Amen? Why is having God's clear personal vision important. Where there is no vision, people perish. They die. They live unrestrained. You know, sometimes whenever you think about, Lord, what you want me to do, it can be, it can seem so overwhelming. It can seem so huge. How in the world will I ever find out what God wants me to do? I'm not sure that I can hear God, that I know what he wants me to do. You just spend some time in the presence of God. And you just begin to ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? What would you like for me to do? And let the Lord just begin to give you some ideas and some thoughts. How many of you know where the enemy comes against your mind to try to discourage you? God will same, use the same avenue, your mind, and give you godly thoughts, give you supernatural thoughts, give you clear spiritual direction that can change the course of your life. Amen. Yes, he can. And so I encourage you. Without having clear vision, you'll perish. You live unrestrained. You, you'll live an undisciplined life. You'll stumble over yourselves. I like what the message says. 
If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Amen? And so the most blessed people on the globe are those that have an idea. I know what God wants me to do. I know how God wants me to live my life. I know how God wants me to invest my life. Vision is essential to living a strong and and a vibrant life. Amen? So how do you find out God's vision, personal vision? I have no doubt that some of you here today are desiring to know God's vision greater. And I I just want to offer you a couple of practical suggestions. And then we're going to move on to the last point. But the first one is this. This, attend the growth track. You know, it's not just another like add-on. No, I believe that everybody needs to find out the vision for their life. And the growth track is a track to learn what God wants you to do. Amen? And if you've never been to the growth track, we're not trying to spend some extra time because we're bored. No, we believe that everybody needs to know the vision for their life. And the growth track is a way to help you get to get deeper in your relationship with God and have a clear understanding of God's vision for your life. Amen? But the other thing is this. Every January, we have prayer and fasting. Listen, I like to eat. What about you? I'm Cajun. And you know, Cajuns like to eat. Come on, I need a better amen right there. And listen, I love to eat, and I do not like to fast. But I want God's vision for my life. What about you? So years ago, whenever I came to Family Life, Brother Francis and Miss Babs, every year in January, they did prayer and fasting. And so ever since that time, every year in January this year, we're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Somebody said, that is crazy. Y'all are crazy. No, we're hungry. We're hungry for Jesus. We are hungry for God's purpose. We're hungry for God's vision because we know without it, we're going to lose mental excitement, emotional excitement. We're going to lose target for our life and we don't want to waste our life. We want our life to count for the kingdom and for the glory of God. Amen. Some people have never fasted and prayed, but I want to encourage you right now, begin mentally preparing. Begin mentally preparing to fast and pray. We'll have literature uh, available for you. I'm not sure, do we have literature available this morning? Brandon, do you know? Not yet. But in the next couple of weeks, in the fall, you'll see it. And it's, it's just literature to help you get a better understanding. But listen, I'm telling you, there's been some major shifts in my life, some major breakthroughs in my life. Come on, some of you have been in here with prayer and fasting. I'm going to be would agree with that. It's an awesome time. But you know what? It's sowing the first fruit of your year. It's, it's, it's investing the first of your life. So these are two ways. Get in growth track. Spend the time in prayer and fasting. We're not crazy. We're hungry for something more than peanut butter and jelly. Amen. We're hungry for the purpose of God. We're hungry for the vision of God. We're hungry for the will of God. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me this morning? Are y'all with me this morning? Lord, open up our spiritual eyes 
that we might see what you want from us. We might know what you want us to do. Never retire spiritually. You can't retire spiritually. Come on, I'm just meddling with somebody right now. You never finish your job as a Christian. Amen. Come on, God's got a purpose for you till the day you said, greet me, Lord, as I enter your kingdom. Amen. Now, the third and the final uh, part of, of vision is the importance of having corporate vision. How many of you know you got to have corporate vision, which means you have to have a team vision, a group vision, a family vision, an organizational vision. How many of you know if a team doesn't have a vision, it don't go well? I mean, follow this with me. The football team, they have a huddle. And they get in the huddle. And the quarterback has a vision. And he gives the team a vision. Hey, we're going to pass the ball. And everybody on the team says, yeah, but I got another vision. I got a different vision. I don't want to, I don't feel like passing the ball. In fact, I don't feel like running that way. I think I'm going to run that way. How many of you know that team is not going to do good? You got to have vision. You got to have corporate vision. Because without corporate vision, you can't be successful. It's essential for a family to have vision. For a family to be pulling together. You know, have you ever watched Three Stooges? I mean, there's great theology in the Three Stooges. If you watch the Three Stooges, you can get great theology. But you know, the Three Stooges, they'll, they'll be doing a project, a work project, and they'll pick something up, and one will want to bring it that way, <laughs> bring that way, and they just stumbling all over themselves, and they slapping each other side the head. They have no vision. That's a picture of a family without vision, a marriage without vision. Amen? Come on, a team without vision. A church without vision. How many of you know we have to have vision? Amos 3.3 says, can two people walk together without agreeing on direction? How can you walk together? Let's go for a walk. Okay. Well, if we're going to walk together, we got to figure out which way we're going. Are we going this way? Are we going that way? Because we can't walk together if we don't have mutual vision. How can two walk together unless they agree on the direction? And so you have to have corporate vision. And so a clearly defined corporate vision is necessary for people to walk together and to work together. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Why do we need to write the vision plainly on tablets? So others can run with the vision. We got to know which direction we're going in. Amen. The only way for a team, a family, or a church or organization to work together and be successful is you have to have a clearly defined vision. And so now listen, here's, here's what I'm getting at. If the local church is to be effective, it must follow a clearly defined corporate vision. We've got to be working together because if we don't work together, we're going to work against each other. Amen? And you remember in the Old Testament, 
The people got on the same page with the same vision. They said, look, we're going to build a tower right here, and we're going to build it to the clouds. And the Lord had to come and and give them some Cajun dialect and confuse their language because he said, listen, there's nothing they can't do if they get on the same page, if they have unity, if they have the same vision. Are y'all with me? And so why, why have corporate vision? So we can be effective. So we can work together. Amen. And so how many of you believe the church has to have a corporate vision? Has to have a, 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 a same vision. Amen. So what is the vision? Well, you know, a number of years ago, a pastor took some time. He was asking this question, Lord, I'm getting ready to start a church. What's your vision for the church? What do you want us to do? And he spent months combing over the scripture praying and fasting, studying the scripture. Lord, what does the local church want me to, or supposed to do? What is the vision? And after, after much time of praying, and he came up with this conclusion that the vision Jesus gave the church was the great commandment and the great commission. You know what they are, right? The great commandment says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. How many of you believe it's the, if it's the first and the second greatest commandments and everything else boils down to those two? How many of you believe that's important? That's the vision right there. Amen. The great commission, he said in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the corporate vision of the local church, according to the scripture, the great commandment, the great commission is summarized. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples. That's the vision of the local church. And somebody said, if a church will make a great commitment to the great commandment and the great commission, then they can raise up a great church. Amen? How many of you know that the goal of the church is not to have a a potluck? Nothing wrong with potluck, right? especially if there's gumbo involved, some crawfish somewhere or other, potlucks are great, amen. But how many of you know that's not the vision of the church? Jesus didn't die so we could have gumbo. Jesus died so the world could be one. Are y'all with me out here? Are y'all hearing me out here? Jesus didn't die on the cross and shed his innocent blood so we could have a holy spiritual country club. He saved us. He delivered us. He raised up local churches so they can win their community for the purpose and the cause of Jesus Christ. Come on, are y'all with me out there? So what do we need to be pulling on the wagon doing? We need to be about the, about the Lord's vision. Amen. You know, the Lord, the Lord um, gave another pastor, uh, you know, Years later, I believe that every time the Lord wants to do something, he, he'll raise up a voice. He'll speak to people. You know, sometimes in a group of people, whenever the Lord wants to lead them in a direction, he'll speak to somebody. 
In, in fact, the Bible says in Amos 3, 7, Indeed, the sovereign Lord never does anything until He reveals His plans to His servants, the prophets. And I've noticed in biblical times when the Lord raised up a king or a prophet and he was the mouthpiece for God and he gave the whole entire body direction. And you know, this pastor in Southern California, you know, out of that vision the Lord gave him, he established what we know today as the spiritual growth track. And churches all over the world start adopt, adapting a growth track. And it's a vision, it's a goal, it's a plan. We want people to go from here to here. And he used a baseball diamond. And he said, listen, you need to go to first base. And you need to, you need to know the Lord. You need to go to second base. And you got to learn the spiritual disciplines, disciplines to become a strong disciple in the Lord. And then you got to get to third base. And you got to find out how God has gifted you. And so that you can slide in a home plate. And that you could go into the world and reach others for the cause and the purpose of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that, that baseball diamond was a clear picture. It, it gave you the understanding. And you see, everybody in this room needs to understand, God has an agenda for us being here. He has an agenda for us as a local church. He wants us to go in a, in a, in a direction. Amen. I, I remember, you know, about four years ago, there was a pastor from Birmingham and he was in Israel. And, and he was uh, taking part of, um, in, of, in participating in celebrating communion in the Jewish Passover feast. And in biblical times, it, and, and what the, the Jews continue to do is at the heart of the Passover meal at the feast was, was a recognition and remembrance uh, of what God did. And they used four cups of wine as a toast for the four I wills of the Bible are the four I wills of the promises of God to the people of Israel when he delivered them out of Egypt. And it's found over in, in uh, and, and they read this passage of scripture whenever they're, they're toasting. In Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 says this, Therefore says, Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from the yoke of Egyptians, I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm, with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And what he did was he, he gave them a way to remember his great deliverance. And it's a picture of him delivering Israel from Egypt. And bringing them over to the promised land. I mean, you know, that's a picture of what God wants to do with you and I. He wants to take us out of Egypt, the world, where we're in bondage, where we're, in, uh, we're oppressed, we're enslaved by the world's ways and sin. And the Lord raised up a deliverer like he did Moses. And he wants to deliver us out of Egypt. And he wants to bring us into the promised land. Amen. But before he gets us to the promised land, He's got to get Egypt out of us. Amen. He's got to get Egypt out of us because there's no way we can enjoy the promised land as long as we have Egypt's ways and Egypt's values. Are y'all tracking with me? So he gets us out of Egypt. He needs to get Egypt out of us. 
And then he got, he's got to convince us that he is our God and we are his people. And he's got to convince us that we have purpose. And then he puts us in the promised land. He puts us in the promised land to fulfill his purpose and his destiny. And the four I wills, the four I will promises in Exodus 6 are, I will bring you out. God promises salvation. Amen. And the vision is know God. How many of you know it? You got to know God. Not know about him, you got to know him personally. Amen? He said, I will free you. God promises to deliver us from the oppression of the enemy. The vision is, we got to live free. Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And then the third, I will, is I will redeem you. God promises restoration. The vision is, you got to find purpose. You got to find purpose. You got to figure out God's vision for your life. And then finally, I will take you as my own people. God promises a life of fulfillment. How many of you know to live the Christian life is a life of fulfillment? I don't know if you heard me, but I'm going to say it slower. The Christian life is a life of fulfillment. If you do it right. If you do it right, you can't ride two horses and it'd be a joy. You can't ride the horse of the world and the horse of, the, of God and it'd be fun. Amen? But if you're willing to dismount Egypt, the horse of the world, and get on the white horse. Amen? Get in the Lord's path, his will, his vision, his plan. There is no life better and more fulfilling than that life. And the Lord doesn't just bring us into the kingdom and just says, well, you sit here until I come back. Sit here, don't move. No, he says, don't sit here. Get out and do something. Get out and be light and salt and do something. Make a difference. Make a difference, amen. Because look, I don't want anybody to be left out. Would you go round up a few other people for me so we can have a crowd, a crowd in heaven, amen? And, and let's, let's, let's just empty out hell and let's populate heaven and let's get this thing done, amen? How many of you want to be a part of that, amen? So here, here it is. And so through that, through that experience, he's like, wow, the Lord just showed him. Know God, live free, find purpose, make a difference. What is it? It's the same thing as, as the great commission and the great commandment. It's nothing new. It's just a refreshed way of looking at it. Well, listen, how many of you know that we have a need for vision? But listen, as the church, we don't have the privilege of deciding what the Lord's vision is. He's already decided that. It's our responsibility to discover it and to do the Lord's vision. Amen? He already said, this is what I want you to do, man. Love me with all your heart, mind, and soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go make disciples and teach them what I tell them. That's what I want you to do. Amen? And so it's our responsibility to discover his vision and to follow it. That's why we need corporate vision. Because if not, we're going to be like the three stooges. Some of us going to be pulling the wagon this way. Some of us going to be pulling the wagon this way. And the wagon is going to go nowhere. Amen. But how many of you know, if we can get all on the same page and we get the picture, the understanding, we can get somewhere. Amen. 
So Habakkuk 2.2 says, And the Lord said to me, Write my answer on a billboard, large and clear, so that anyone can read it at a glance and rush to tell others. We need vision. It's important that we have vision. We need personal vision. Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? And by the way, God's personal vision with our life will always mesh with his corporate vision. It's not going to be two separate things. It's like him having a family vision and you're in the family, but he's got a vision for you that's different than the family vision. He would be bringing division in the family. And how many of you know the Lord's not about division? He's about unity. Amen. Are y'all with me? If you agree, say amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor? Let's stand together. Vision. God has vision. Would you just do me a favor and just take, let's take a moment right now. Let's take a moment to just let this settle in our spirit. Let me ask the question again. God, what do you want to do with my life? Just close your eyes for a moment and ask the Lord, Lord, what's your vision for my life? What's your purpose for my life? God, I don't want to perish. I don't want to die. I don't want to lose enthusiasm for life because I'm not following your vision that you have for my life. Can we just make a commitment today to say, Lord, I want to do your vision. And I want you to speak to me clearly what your vision is. We don't want to be like those greyhounds sitting on the track, plopping on the track with their tongue, hanging out, not knowing what to do, or running through fences, breaking ribs. Come on, let's just commit our life to Christ. Let's commit our, listen, we're not a robot. We're not like this toy that you crank up and that as soon as we run out of spring in our life that we just stop. God put us here. He put us here with purpose. He's got a destiny for each of us. But we have to be willing to spend time with him and ask ourselves some questions. Lord, Am I investing my relationships properly? Am I investing my gifts and talents properly? God, am I spending my days, my time properly? Lord, I want them to count. I want them, I want to be a steward of them. Lord, help me. Help me to figure it out, Lord. Can we just pray that, saints? Help me to figure it out, Lord. Help me to discover your purpose for my life. Personal vision. I need it, Lord. I need it. I know I'm not here by accident. I know that there's a reason I'm here. God, help us to figure it out this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for releasing your grace. Now listen, it all starts with knowing God. And it it just, you never can fulfill the vision of God for your life until you know him. That's how it all starts. You got to know him and know him personally. 
if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I'm not sure that I'm a Christian. I don't know for sure that if I died today that I would get to go to heaven. Lord, I want to know God. I want to know the Lord in a personal way. Would you pray for me today? If that's your heart, if that's your desire, would you just acknowledge that by lifting your hand so I can see it? And I want to pray for you way back here. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand and just lift it up so I can see it. I want to pray. Listen, I see one hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Let's pray together for the, for the one, the one that raised their hand. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. I want to know you. I want to know you personally. Lord, would you forgive me? I want to be saved. I want to be a Christian. Lord, I'm asking you to come into my heart, come into my life, and live your life through me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, those of you that raised your hand, there's a card in the pew with a green uh, mark on on the top of it. it um, And it says, I made a decision. The best decision you can make. Encourage you to fill that out. Go into the lobby or come up here and let us know that you made that decision. We have some a gift for you, some some information to help you get started on the greatest journey that you could ever live. How many of you are still glad you're a Christian? How many of you are still glad you're saved? Amen. So listen, coming up, we're gonna try to put vision on the walls and you you'll see it and it's purpose is so we can all run together amen let me pray a blessing over you before we go father i pray favor i pray grace lord you said you came to take the curse off of us so we can live under the blessing and the favor of god i pray the favor and blessing of the lord over the people of god today lord may your may your protection May your hedge be around each and every one of us. In in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, you're dismissed. God bless you. You have a wonderful day. You're dismissed.